Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Today it is the 25th of March, 2022. Four awesome Sweet 16 games last night with Duke, Villanova, Houston, and Arkansas moving on. We'll break down the Tech game from multiple kind of perspectives. Uh, we'll focus on that, and then we'll touch on the other games as well. That's coming up and more on today's show. You are Locked On Big 12, your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody. Josh Neighbors here. Once again, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. I'm at Josh Neighbors underscore. Uh, you guys can follow the show at LO Big 12 as well. Find us wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube as well. All right. So we've got these, uh, these fun, sweet 16 games to get to. And we have to start with Texas Tech getting bounced. Coach K stays alive. Duke 78. Texas Tech, 73. From a general perspective, this was the best game of the evening. I thought both teams brought their A game. I really thought both teams from the get-go brought their A game. The one thing that you know with Duke uh, is that, you know, Texas Tech was not going to hold this team down on a neutral floor in this setting like we saw their teams. Duke made that pretty clear from the jump. They went down 10-2, to and they rallied pretty quickly, right? It ended up being a 12-12. And at that point, it was it happened in rather quick quick fashion too. At that point, you knew it was game on. Um, and I I think the, you know it, it sucks that we lost a Big Twelve team here, but you have to understand something in this game. Like we, it was a great game, and and, and Texas Tech's got nothing much like their entire season at all. Nothing that they can really regret and be upset about. I mean, they just got beat. Do and if these teams played ten times. They might split. They, they might split. I mean, this was nip and tuck the entire way. Um, there was a really great, you know, kind of portion of the, the back part of this game where that lead was changing hands uh, almost every single possession. Right? It, there was a there was a stretch of time. Let's see if I can find that game flow there towards the end. If you guys go and you guys find uh, the game flow for this game you'll see kind of these, these twisting interturning lines uh, late in the second half where, you know, kind of each team at one point took the lead, got it back, took the lead, got it back, took the lead, you know, or, you know, took the lead, gave back, and it went back and forth down the stretch. Uh, the big key in this game was when Duke went to the zone, right? That was something that kind of shifted the momentum. They were, Texas Tech was getting in the paint on them pretty easily. Um, and that's, that's, it's, I know tech likes to get to the rim. That's pretty bad against a team with no natural point guard. Uh, I like Kevin McCullough is a really good player, but I mean, we've said this all year long, like there's no natural point guard on this Texas tech team. And there's no, you know, probing Chris Paul type figure to get in your defense and, you know, make things happen, um, and make things happen for you. And, uh, you know, it was a variety of guys. It was McCullough, Bryson Williams. I saw. I think. I think uh, Kevin O'Banner hit a couple floaters, too. So they go to the zone, and their defense numerically just got better. I think it was they were average, uh, you know, over one point something, uh, maybe like one point five or something like that points for po points per possession for Texas Tech, 
uh, against the man. And then when they went to zone, Duke being going to zone there, um, that number dropped pretty drastically. It was sub one. It was around like, I think 0.88 maybe. Uh, that's what I saw in sports center this morning. Um, and, and coach K was honest about it. He said, yeah, the players suggested it and he went with it. And I have been critical of coach K, uh, over the last few years. This was a great tactical move. Uh, I think he's the greatest basketball coach of all time. Don't get me wrong. That's, that's where I am on coach K. I just think if you guys have heard the podcast the last few years, I don't think he's been as best as the talent's gotten better. I think the coaching job has been a little bit worse and also some of the stuff he said, but, uh, this was. Um, the timeouts were a good times the early timeout settled things down a little bit. They were really aware of, you know, their fouling situation. They did a great job staying out of foul trouble in this game. Um, mostly because I actually just can't take it to the rim for part of it. Um, referees let them go though. I, I, I was pleased with how this game was officiated. I was very pleased with how this game was officiated. They allowed Texas tech to play their game that there was a late steal that O'Banner got. That was a bad call, but, but this game, it didn't come down to calls. So the, the going to the zone was huge. Another thing, if you guys watched my show, I put this out on Twitter. If you guys did not, um, the two players I said would be the most important were Paulo Bancaro and Bryson Williams. Now you might say, duh, like that is the most obvious thing ever. But I, I talked about the kinds of players that end up beating Texas Tech defenses. It's the kind of guys that hit open shots. And the amount of composure that takes to do that is pretty substantial. So let's talk about Ben Caro here. Uh, I had Rafael Barlow on my show, and uh, I'm dropping part two this weekend just so you guys can hear about what he thinks about you know, some other guys. I asked him about his number one player on, on the board right now, his, his mock draft board. He has got Paulo Ben Caro number one. I, I'm a Jaden Ivey guy. I'll tell you this. I, I, as as somebody who's skeptical of Ben Caro, you don't want to read too much into one game. Um, last night, he looked like a number one pick. That was the best game that Dukes played all year. And it was because in the face of the best defense in the country, right? Best adjusted defense in the country, Bancaro was efficient. Seven for 12 from the field, three of four from three, five of six from the line, 22 points, four rebounds, four assists, three steals. He delivered in every part of the game. He delivered in every single way. Off the bounce, he was composed. He was getting to his spots. He had a couple really nice assists. That, that Mark Williams one, too, where he got in the lane and then, uh, or he kind of got to the right side of the lane, dumped it off. Williams had that massive jam. Was exciting. This spin move. I don't know if it was Bryce Williams was on the spin move. Uh, gorgeous spin. And Coach K even mentioned it after the game, like that move. Oh, my God. And, and uh, he said, you know, even Paulo was, was surprising. Th- this was all stuff that you want to see a number one pick. This is not raw athleticism, whatever. It was in control, in command, good play. Only two, uh, only one turnover last night for Bancaro, and the ball was in his hands often. He always had the ball in his hands. Um, and so I thought he was he was tremendous. Also for Duke, too, in the end of that game, Wendell Moore had some big shots. Uh, or Jeremy Roach, excuse me, hit some big shots late in that game. So they, they need somebody else to step up, and they ended up getting somebody else to step up. So um, this, you know, this performance from Duke was the one they absolutely had to have. The guys who stepped up, Bancaro stepped up in the way to beat that no middle defense, and then the other side, you know, Bryce Williams, um, he was on, he was on one from the get go, and he has 21 points on eight of 16 shooting. 
five boards, two assists, a block, uh, eight for 16, two or three from deep, three or four from the line. He was really good. He, you know, he missed some stuff late, but he was active. He was attacking the rim. Uh, you know, he was challenging Mark Williams and was not afraid of a guy who was the, um, you know, who was the ACC defensive player of the year. I was I was just I was thrilled to watch a game like this and really you know it sucks that we lost a Big Twelve team um, and, and I saw Emery Lida say you know a Bancaro's shooting game was an outlier it, you know numerically sure you might say this but when you get a player who's that good and this many talented guys they stepped up and answer the call like that like it, it shouldn't be too surprising I don't know if we can consider this overall an outlier in terms of like, was this, you know, Oh, they can't recreate this. This can't be done again. This was, this was a really talented team basically playing their best game of the season. Now you might say, yeah, that's the definition of an outlier. They're not going to play their best game every single time. Yeah. But it was required of them and they did so right. The, the, the you know, the questions weren't asked against Cal state Fullerton. Now they, they were at some parts in, in the Michigan state game. Sure. But this was a constant, asking of questions of this Duke group constantly being asked questions by Texas tech. Um, you know, they, they were, they were just on a possession possession basis and, and, and Duke answered the call and, and late they pulled away there and pulled away. But then in, in late game, they took over and got the, you know, and ended up getting the basket they needed to. Um, and, you know, they, they deserve to move on. So it's not like this, you know, Cinderella magical run for Coach Gay. But they had two opponents they should have beat, they did beat, and then this this game was toss up by all metrics, and it was a toss up late in this game. And Duke was a team that hit more shots and got more stops. Um, and the the way they got those shots was you know talented players hitting tough shots, and, and guys like Bancaro getting to the rim, and guys like Roach hitting tough shots uh, as well. So Duke moves on. Just want to talk about this Texas Tech team from like a general perspective. Um, you know. I don't think we can say enough great things about about what Mark Adams did this year. Um, this was a team that was a lot of guys from different places, right? I mean, you know, even the holdovers like Santos Silva, and you had guys, you know, like Bryson Williams, and they all come together, and it does not always work, right? When you bring guys from different places, uh, Chris Beard's team's a good example. You know, they won a tournament game, sure, but during the regular season, it did not manifest itself in the way that we thought it should. And for this group, day in, game in, game out, game out, uh, to be as good as they were, and you know, pillar to post, wire to wire, uh, run the table at home, you know, be this really exciting, uh, athletic team that found their identity on defense. Obviously, with Mark Adams and our first year coach, who's in his sixties who's been all over the place and a lot of different, you know, walks in this lane to minor league hockey team and, you know, has coached all over the place. Um, this group was a pleasure to watch. It really was a pleasure to watch. It sucks. We can't watch one more game, but I think it was a great photo after the game. I didn't see who Mark Adams was with, but two players with their arms around Mark Adams in the, in the, in the kind of the bowels. Here it is. Um, uh, it was Bryson Williams and Adonis arms, with them. And I'll, I'll share my screen for you all. So you guys can see this. Um, just a, you know, a, a, I mean, a, a special team for Texas tech. And look, I think, I think there's a good chance you know, they can come back and they can, um, they can end up doing something like this again. I think they've got a higher here. Here it is for you all. I, I mean, there's, you know, there, there they are. Nobody's watching except, you know, I guess it's probably the video guy. 
um, or whatever. But the Bowsley Arena, it's when nobody's watching. And the, I think this is actually the guys coming back from the uh, press conference. I, I believe this is where they're coming back from. Um, you know, these three guys arm in arm together, the coach with his two players at the end of the season. It's it's emotional stuff. And, you know, it's it, and it um I mean, I think as as basketball fans, as Big 12 fans, we have to love you know, this is the kind of stuff you love to see, especially stuff that's like nobody's watching. And it kind of shows you, you know, what kind of guy he is. And um the players had mentioned too, he's like it, they they said it's, you know, this is Mar- this was Mark Adams. He brought us together. He got us this point. Um and, you know, this is his best coach in America. Because like, that that term was thrown around last night last night by a couple of people, so uh, I just uh, you know you love seeing stuff like that. And, and Bryson Williams, the one more guns up, a guy who's only been there for a year, showing that you know hey he's putting the guns up one more time and uh, just showing commitment to a program. You know it was not his home the entire time, but was his home for you know the very end. And uh, and he was a tremendous player all year and got a lot better. And I think he credits you know he's an interesting NBA prospect now. Um, you know, definitely gonna have a career overseas. I can tell you that. So you know, Bryson Williams now becomes this really interesting player, and he owes a lot of that, I th- I think, to um, to Mark Adams. But Coach K and Duke move on. Credit to them. It's a, it was a great game, excellent game, so much fun to watch. Uh, it was really, it, it kind of felt like a night where the games weren't excellent. Right, the Arkansas game was good, close, but it wasn't an excellent game. Um, Villanova, Michigan was close, not an excellent game, and then Houston, Arizona, what really wasn't that. Close? <laughs> the score says otherwise, but uh, there was a gap physically. We'll get to that game next. But this was the best game. All right, quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to built.com today. It's built.com. You guys can find a great selection of tasty protein bars right now at built.com. Built Bars, most of them have 130 calories, four, uh, four grams of sugar, four net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. They've got mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, uh, and also white chocolate cookies and cream. You guys can go to built.com today. It's built.com, promo code LOCK15, L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, LOCK15, and you guys uh, can get 15% off today. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. So once again, lock, uh, excuse me, uh, yeah, lock 15 at, at built.com for 15% off today. All right, next result to get to, uh, Houston 70, Arizona 62. John Rothstein tweeted last night, Kelvin Sampson, the best coach in college basketball. I don't know if that's true. Um, you know, I, I would still go with Scott Drew. I think once again, the three-year run they've put together. But I will say this. So when I do, I was doing my numbers recently of like the best three-year runs of the last three years. And off the top of my head, the schools I knew I had to consider were Gonzaga, whose record last three years is better than Baylor's. They don't play in as good of a conference, so I don't really count that. Um, Houston was one of the immediate teams I thought of. Villanova, Houston. I know Duke had a bad year, so I didn't count them. Kentucky I looked at, obviously. KU. And um, Kelvin Sampson's run has been really good, really good stuff for Houston. And I'll just go find a pull up right now. 
Kelvin Sampson's record. I'm sure Kelvin Sampson get a lot of Google searches uh, in, in these in these recent days. But Kelvin Sampson's last four, I'll even go four years for you. 33 and four, 23 and eight, 28 and four, uh, 32 and five. Let's not count the 20, the 27 and eight that he put up in 2017. Um, there's an argument over the last five years. They've been one of the, you know, been one of the most consistent teams, right? Uh, it would have been five straight NCAA tournaments for him, but they, they did not get the, uh, did not get the nod, um, if you will, as, as so to speak, uh, in, you know, cause in 2020, cause the season got canceled. But this this group is, you know, to lose Trayvon Mark and to lose Marcus Sasser and play the way they do. I mean, they beat the brakes off Arizona physically. Arizona could not find the rim. Um, and, and, you know, they only scored uh, – those scored 60 points. I had a buddy who was holding a ticket. Uh, Arizona did a special where uh, – the state of Arizona on FanDuel where if you uh, – if Arizona scored – you know, it was plus 100 odds of Arizona score 60 points. Arizona got 60. That's it. And it felt like it was kind of free money trying to hand it out. And, you know, they ended up scoring 60. But they they barely got there. And uh, that is so much in part to what Houston does. Houston did not shoot well. 33-32-74, your splits. Good job at the line. But this was about what they did on defense. This was about forcing turnovers. This was about crashing the glass. Um, and, and, uh, or excuse me, they shot 46, 45 and 68, uh, Arizona shot 33, 31 and, uh, uh, 74 from the line. Um, this was a game where, uh, they barely won the rebounding battle, uh, overall, but they were just the tougher, better defensive team. Jamal shed. I'd mentioned him before, uh, scored 21 points, mostly off going to the line as six assists as well. This is a team that is athletic and Kyler Edwards too was awesome. Former Big 12-er. Uh, you know, Kelvin Sampson deserves so much credit for what he's built there. It's going to be back-to-back Final Fours, and they might win the whole damn thing. And the reason is, last year they would have gotten beat. Uh, I, I'm not sure if I'm not sure if UCLA uh, – I think UCLA probably beats, beats Houston this year. I'd actually love to see them play again. Um, they were not going to beat Gonzaga. They were not going to beat Baylor. Uh, we saw that game happen. And I would argue that Gonzaga and Baylor, those two teams last year, were a couple of all-time teams. Like I always found the idea that this Gonzaga team was better than last year's Gonzaga team to be completely ridiculous. Um, to have two picks, you know, to have guys like Jalen Suggs, and to have guys, uh, you know, like Joel Ayayi and uh, Corey Kispert to go along with you know players like Drew Timmy. I know there's no Chet Holmgren, but that team was deep. That team was really deep. Excuse me. And so for them last year. Uh, to come up short and be like an all-time team. You know, Gonzaga and Baylor on a certain plane. I know UCLA played there at the end of the year. Houston was not there. This year, there's no Baylor. There's no Gonzaga. I mean, literally and figuratively, there's no team that that kind of reminds me of that. Houston's got the best odds to win the title right now. Now, that's because they're in the Elite Eight and Kansas has not yet played Providence. And if they win, they'll have a shot against either Miami or Iowa State. So we kind of fancy them to go and make the Final Four. But because of this barnstorming run that Houston is on, you know, you, you got to, I mean, you got to think like they're, they're playing the best basketball of any team in America right now. They are the, they are the team that is playing the best, right? You kind of look through all the teams that are like, I think Villanova is playing really well too, but you look at like the run Houston's on right now and where it goes back to, 
Um, for them, their last loss was, let's see, uh, they lost by 14 to Memphis later on in the year uh, on the road. They then beat Cincinnati by 13. They beat Tulane by 20. They beat Memphis by 18. They beat UAB by 14. They beat Illinois by 15. They beat Arizona by 12. I mean, they're on a run right now where they're not just beating teams, they're beating them badly. Um, and it's because they're just, they're tougher. Like, like they, you can tell this team is, is doing the lid on the rim um, practice thing where they put the lid over the top of the rim, you know, the little plastic piece you had in practice and, and you shoot the ball up and everybody goes for the board. And, you know, there's obviously no made shot. So it's just a, a fist fight. That's what Houston does. They want a fist fight, man. They want to take you in deep waters. They want to see if you can swim. They live in what my friend and colleague at Sirius XM gay biker calls the pain cave. That's where Houston lives. And they drag you there and they see if you can swim. Um, Illinois could not swim. UAB could not swim. Arizona, who is an incredibly talented team. Now, whether they deserve to be there or not, you know, it's up to you. Um, off nights from Kirk Risa, from Ben Matherin, from uh, Tubelis. Uh, you know, Dale and Terry is really the only guy. And Pella Larson had a nice little game too. But Dale and Terry is the only guy who really shot the ball well last night. He was six for nine, three for three from, uh, from three. Had 17 points, six boards, and three, three assists. But um, th- this is a Houston team that knows exactly who they are. Uh, they're not very deep. Um, but they, I mean, like, good Lord. I mean, they, they absolutely, uh, know how to take it to you and, and physically. And, and, uh, they've got a really fun matchup with Villanova because Villanova, um, you know, they can, uh, because the way they shoot threes should be an interesting matchup to watch. The, the one thing that, that Houston does really well is they keep you out of the paint, right? That, that's kind of what they want to do. Uh, Arizona averages 40 plus point paints a game. And they had 18 last night. Um, that, that's just that's that's Houston's identity. That's what they do. So Houston moves on. Arizona's run is over. But Tommy Lloyd, in my opinion, should still win National Coach of the Year. All right, Arkansas 74, the Zags 68. I was just waiting for the Gonzaga run that never came. Uh, you know, with Rasir Bolden out and the foul trouble that that, that Chad Holmgren was in, um, you know, it was it became really difficult for them. I want to say this. So the officiating has been much maligned in this tournament, and it should be. And this game was – there were some stretches where it was embarrassing. And Dan Dockage, people like him, people hate him, you know, and everything that you want about Dan Dockage. But Dan made a good point, you know, and it's a pretty obvious point. Like, they were calling it differently on both ends. So there was, a, there was a, a situation where Gonzaga goes down, and Drew Timmy, it's the second half, spins and there are two guys on Arkansas holding the ball and they kind of, you know, there's, it's a jump ball situation, in my opinion, and holding it for about a second or two. And he goes up and he falls over. One other guy's falls over the ball's bouncing and everybody's looking at the referee. Like what's the call? There was no call on the other end. Um, I don't know if it was JD Note or not goes up in the air and Chet is standing straight up. There is some body contact, but, but in a, you know, both guys, you know, fighting for space, verticality, shot makers trying to make a shot, no elbows and Chet's go, nothing, nothing, nothing malicious, just good quality play and call foul. And it's like, all right, so we're going to have no jump, no foul on one end. And we're going to call Chet for that on the other end. And then on the, the fifth foul was basically the same. Um, you know, this is a sport that, that you know, you might not love the one and dones, whatever, who cares. 
but it like basketball needs stars. It's always a sport top level, bottom level needs stars. And you got to protect those guys. Like Chet Holmer needs to be in the game. Now, if he's, you know, slapping out on people doing the, uh, I call it the, uh, the roller coaster, you know, what they call it, like the thing you put on roller coasters, whatever it's called. Um, you know, if he's doing the, the, the roller coaster strap in thing on, on you, yeah, it's a foul, but to, to take him out of the game for two awesome defensive plays is embarrassing. This guy might be the number one pick and he's a good player and he's playing good defense. You're going to foul him out for that. Like if, 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 you know, Bill Simmons last night, who is an NBA guy, and starts watching college hoops. And, and look, that's that's what we want if you're a college hoops fan, right? College football fan, whatever. If you come into the come into the area, we want to accept all people. We want everybody to come and enjoy our beautiful sport, especially during the month of March. This is when people start paying attention to watch the stars. You cannot be fouling them out of the game on shit like that. It's it's embarrassing. Doug shows who I actually like um, awful performance last night. Uh, once again, I, I thought the. I thought I think it was Bert Smith's crew that did the um, the Tex Tech game. Thought they did a really good job uh, on the whole. Did a really good job. I thought they were awesome from pillar to post, wire to wire. Good re- refereeing performance. That was shit. What happened? I, I no other way to say it in the Arkansas Gonzaga game. Um, it just it was it was inconsistent. I thought with the foul calls. The actual I just had to mention that off the top. Um, Arkansas just. You know, not great against Vermont. Awful against New Mexico State in a game that nobody seemed to want to win. This was this was a beautiful disaster of a performance. 40% from the floor, which is not awful. Not good, though. 28% from three. Uh, nine for 14 from the line. But their defense was fantastic. They forced 15 Gonzaga turnovers. They were on the boards. Uh, you know, they did not rebound Gonzaga, but they did a really good job uh, you know, in, in a lot of areas I thought of, um, uh, especially we got to talk about Jalen Williams, man. This is a guy that, you know, has some NBA buzz, but last night he did a little bit of everything. He stepped up and was taking charges. Uh, try, he took, trying to take way too many of them, taking charges, being aggressive, putting his body on the line, hitting threes. He had a couple threes last night. He had 12 boards, 15 points, three assists, a block. This was a game where you saw a little bit of everything. Now, Joe Williams is going to have to learn how to shoot better for his NBA future, but you saw the immense talent level for Jalen Williams um, on display in a way it was like I'm demonstrating it. And and against a tough assignment, too. I mean, you're getting Drew Timmy and Chet Holmgren, and uh, both those guys had nice games, but Jalen Williams was going going play-for-play with them on a play-to-play basis. He was as competitive, and uh, Timmy had five turnovers. Williams' defense was a big part of that. They did double down in the post a lot, but you know this is a guy that just stuck with it on a, a possession by possession basis. I mean, he was he was in the fight, and 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 the reason, in my opinion, that Arkansas won this game. JD Note is your leading scorer, but he was nine for twenty nine. Uh, I had no idea he took twenty nine shots. It's unbelievable. Uh, he scores twenty one points on twenty nine shots. Not efficient, effective though. Twenty one points, six rebounds, six assists. Three steals, two blocks, uh, five turnovers for J.D. Note. Just a little bit of everything in this game. They really effectively played six guys. Like Johnson and Likes only played four minutes in this game. Uh, Johnson plays four minutes. Davis comes off the bench, plays 25 for them. But, I mean, the, the rest is like, the, you know, it's kind of almost like a Baylor situation. So um, I, I wonder how much Arkansas has in the tank. 
uh, for that next Duke game because this is a pretty draining game. Now, look, Duke's effort against against Texas Tech was good, but I, I'm favoring Duke in, in that next round just because um, you know they're going to be favorites. But uh, this is a big win. It's going to be tough to beat Gonzaga and Duke in the same weekend. They, they might do it, but um, it's going to be tough to do. And Duke, I just think, gets so much confidence from the way they played offensively against a great defensive team in Texas Tech. All right, one more game to get to. We will in one second, but first, a quick word from our sponsors. Today's show is brought to you by Athletic Greens. If you guys want to change something up this new year and do something you know, to help your health, Athletic Greens is the way to go. Better gut health, more energy, optimized immune system. If you don't like taking pills and want a supplement that tastes great, uh, and see what it's all about. You know, Athletic Greens is uh, is where it's at right now. Uh, it's lifestyle friendly. Whether you eat uh, keto, paleo, vegan, dairy free, gluten free, contains less less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals, artificial anything, while still tasting good. It also supports better sleep quality as well. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one free uh, one year free a supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash college. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash college. Take ownership of your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. That's Athletic Greens. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. If you guys want to get in on this college basketball action right now, go to BetOnline and BetOnline.net today. It is the perfect place to get in on the March Madness uh, right now. They've got UFC, they've got boxing, F1, NASCAR, uh, Vegas casino games as well. So anything that you you know want to get involved with in terms of action, you can at BetOnline and BetOnline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, finally, Villanova 63, Michigan 55. This was not a particularly good game. I mean, Villanova kind of just kept Michigan at, defense, uh, at distance, I should say. Uh, Villanova attempts 33s. They make nine of them. That's what they do. They didn't shoot very well. They get the job done, though. Jalen Samuels, uh, just a tremendous game from him. Uh, 22 points and seven boards. Excuse me, Jermaine Samuels. Jermaine Samuels, excuse me. Um, uh, and this is an old team, and he's one of those older guys, you know, alongside Colin Gillespie uh, as well and Eric Dixon. This is a group that's just got a lot of experience. I'm curious to see how it pans out for them in the next game against Houston. It's a really interesting Styles clash. Shout out AJ Styles right there. Uh, but a good defensive performance. Hunter Dickinson had a really off night in the 15 and 15, six for 16 for a guy who shoots at like two feet away from the rim. Not a good night, uh, at least shooting the basketball. But 15 and 15, three assists, two blocks. Didn't really get a whole lot of help. And, uh, you know, Michigan shoot 34% from the floor, 33 from the uh, from three, and then also 50 from the line. So this wasn't a fun game, not really up-tempo game, not really a great paced game. But a game that Villanova was able to control ends up getting the win. I actually don't have too much else on this. I was really dialed into that Arkansas game as well during this. So uh, it sets up the matchups for Saturday. The uh, I think the um, I gotta check the schedule on these games. But the first game on Saturday, six oh nine on TBS, is going to be Houston against Villanova. That's your five two matchup at six oh nine once again in your South Region. And then you've got Arkansas and Duke at 849 on Saturday night. So there are your matchups that we will see uh, there. All right, that will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at JoshNeighbors underscore. Make sure you follow the show at LOBig12. You guys can find us. That's where you can find us on Twitter. You can get the Locked On Big 12 podcast wherever you get your podcasts. 
And you guys can find us on YouTube as well. Make sure you subscribe, give us likes, tell your friends, trying to grow the channel right now. All right, my friends. So next time, as always, stay